Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also make you feel totally in control? Enter Conair Girlbomb. They're like your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results. Made just for us. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip to the professional-grade blades, say goodbye to settling for less. With Conair Girlbomb, you get the precision and power that used to only be exclusive to men's tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level. With Conair Girl Bomb, available at Walgreens. I'm Danny Shapiro, and this is the way we live now. Today is day 93 since purses started to look like foreign objects, and day 43 of this podcast. I've been thinking a lot about my musician friends. Just before COVID 19 hit, I had done a live event with the amazing singer-songwriter Alison Moorer. It was the kind of event I hope we'll all be able to do and to attend someday. A crowded theater, people sitting shoulder to shoulder, all of us together having a shared experience. Since mid-March, Alison has been home in Nashville with her husband, musician Hayes Carl, and the two of them have been touring in an altogether different way, live streaming from their book-filled home. Allison, thank you so much for talking to me about oh, the way we live now. Thank you, Danny, and thank you for doing this. I've really enjoyed listening to uh, these episodes, and it's a much-needed discussion. Where are you right now? Describe in sensory detail your surroundings for me. I am at my home in Nashville, Tennessee. I am at this moment sitting in the front room of my home, which is my favorite room of my home. Well, I call it the front room. It's, or I call it the library, which sounds so fancy. And I embarrass myself a little bit every time I call it that. It's just the room where all the books are. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, maybe it's because um, I've always had a bit of a fantasy about being a librarian that I call it that. I, I like being surrounded by books. And um, the, this room is where the record player is and all the vinyl is. So it is, um, it's a decompression zone for me. 
I like to wake up in the morning and come in this room first thing with a cup of coffee and sit with my thoughts and light a candle and do what I call my spirit writing, which is a, I try to do a page of a day of what I feel. Um, and uh, Nashville's beautiful at this at this time. We're having unseasonably cool weather. Um, it is everything is very green and blooming and uh, I've worked really hard on the garden this year. I've had time to do it. So everything is blooming and we have lettuce growing and there are some tomatoes popping out and cucumbers and peppers and all my herbs and the mint is taking over. Um, the sun, uh, our, uh, our home is 90 years old and the, um, has the original windows, which, uh, are which make it difficult to keep this house warm and cool mm. but uh i'm really hesitant to replace them because they're so beautiful and they make me feel good when i look through them except for the dirt <laughs> i love my home i love being in my home i'm not sure i've ever been as attached to it as i am at present because this is the first time I have not left it mm-hmm. in uh, two months or over two months. Yeah. I feel the same way. I feel the same sense of, you know, my home is a place that I'm really inhabiting. I think a lot of us are feeling that way. Yeah. It feels like I'm getting to know my home in a way that I haven't mm-hmm. known it before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this is where we have been. We have not spent a night away from this house, um, or hardly any time at all away from this house in about two and a half months. So the dogs are very happy. Yeah. And, uh, I, I also feel like my, my son is um, happy. Mm. And, uh, and we seem happy to be home. I think that um, we're very concerned about um, not being able to work. Um, my husband is a musician as well. And we both, um, you know, feel the absence of the travel and the shows and the, the interactions. That's something I really wanted to talk to you about because, you know, you and your husband, um, the musician Hayes Carl, were touring and are often both separately and together. You tour a lot. You are working, performing, recording, but performing musicians. And you were touring when COVID hit. I mean, was there a moment for you where it was sort of brought home for you and you had the sense of, oh, we're, we're going home and we're staying there? Yeah. Um, we were actually touring together and that had never happened before. We barely finished our tour. We did luckily finish it. You know, normally when we're doing, um, you know, neither one of us are super famous. We um, play small rooms. We play, you know, probably the the biggest room that either of us can play on our own is probably, you know, 750 to 1,000 people. So we were playing small rooms. And and because of that, we're able to interact with the audience in a way that um, is very personal. You know, we both like to go out. Um, after the show and have a meet and greet or um, this is something we've even started doing before the show is have um, a meet and greet with people who want to meet us or have things signed or 
or whatever it is. So we had been doing a lot of shaking hands. Mm. And then we realized three or four days before the tour ended, you know, we really don't need to be doing that Mm. anymore. Mm -hmm. So we stopped doing that um, and just said, you know, for the safety of everyone, we're not going to come out after the show or or do any of those things. So um, it just sort of set in slowly. But then um, our last show was in Minneapolis. Mm. And we flew home the following day to Nashville. We thought, well, it looks like we're home. Now, Hayes had another tour booked and was due to go out to do some other shows the following week. And the first show was in Seattle. So he went ahead and went out there. But the show was very weird and it was sparsely attended. And then the rest of the shows were canceled. Mm -hmm. So then he flew home and that was it. So, you know, the the good news is, is we've been able to connect with our audiences through live streaming. And that's a real blessing. I've been watching and listening um, and following along on social media with both of you as you've been doing that. And it was funny because as you were describing your book-filled front room, I was like, I know that (laughs) room. (laughs) I've never never been to your house, but yet I have visited you virtually because you've been doing uh, really regularly these live streaming concerts on Instagram and Facebook, and they're really wonderful. Thank you. Also, I remember that at the beginning, in the first few weeks, when we were all, you know, those of us who were home uh, were kind of reeling and, you know, what to do, you know, how to be. That's when I decided to start this podcast. I thought, I have to do something to help in the ways that I can. And I saw that you started posting these playlists and... I started capturing them all, like half of my Spotify list are Alison Moore playlists of, you know, <laughs> oh, Monday songs and Tuesday songs and Wednesday <laughs> songs, and they're just really, really wonderful. Where are you now as you think about the way that you're getting your music out there? And also, is it working in terms of, I don't mean spiritually and creatively, but is it an effective way of sort of pivoting during this time? Well, here's something that's interesting to me. I feel instead of hemmed in by it, I feel in a way unleashed by it because I've been able to come up with ways to be more creative in how I approach music and how I perform music. Um than I did before. And and, it, and maybe it's because, you know, with a regular show, it feels so much more formal. Mm-hmm. And it is. There's more pressure. It's uh, people buy a ticket. They've made plans. They've gotten babysitters. They are spending their money. They're driving there or however they get there or whatever. whatever. You know, they're making uh, this whole evening out of it. I think because, uh, well, it's just, you know, how you do. If if you plan something and people buy a ticket, well, then I'm going to show up with everything, all of my ducks in a row. I'm going to have a set list. I'm going to know exactly what I'm going to do. And I'm going to get on stage and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Now, that's not to say that I I, um, don't allow for life to happen within that. 
experience. But I think the difference is playing from my library, I feel freer. I can bring other parts of myself to the table. Mm -hmm. I have all of my instruments here. I can pick up any guitar that I want to at any time. Um, I can play the piano if I want to. And if I'm going out on the road, well, I can only take one guitar or maximum two guitars, right? So that's a difference. And and that, for whatever reason, whether it's a real thing or, or whether it's just a psychological thing, it, it can feel confining a little bit. So, okay, this is my instrument and these are the songs I'm doing and this is the show I'm doing and I'm going to show up and do this. Mm-hmm. With um, the live streams, I've I've just decided to have fun with it and say, okay, well, for this show, I'm going to let my audience pick the songs and send me suggestions. And then from those suggestions, I'm going to pick, you know, this many of them that I would consider doing. I'm going to cut them into little strips of paper and put them in a hat and draw out 10. You know, mm-hmm. that's, you know, I could never do that in, um, in a touring situation. Or I'm going to do all piano songs or I'm going to decide on a Thursday, you know what, on Sunday morning, I'm going to do an 11 o'clock show, and it's going to be all uplifting, spiritual, happy, joyful, in whatever way, music. Mm. I've just decided to approach it that way, and I have just loved it. It's just not the same animal. No, it's not. It's it, it, Well, it's interesting, too, because it's what you're talking about in part is, I think, the absence of that need for polish, that very disciplined, very persona-driven performance that, you know, I think one of the layers of this time, you know, it's such a heartbreaking, difficult time, but there are also are bits of beauty in it. And one of those bits of beauty that I see is the way we're all being rubbed raw by life. You know, you're absolutely right. And I love that you use the words rubbed raw because I think that's how everyone feels. I know that's how I feel. I I remember, you know, saying to you, you know, I can't quit crying. Yeah. I can't quit crying. And it's not something I can even put my finger on all the time. Like, why? Why am I crying? I'm okay. My husband's okay. My child's okay. My family's okay. My friends, for the most part, are okay. Why am I crying? I think it's a collective sense of pain. Yes. And that kind of the weight of it and what to do with the weight of it, I think so many of us are feeling. And now, of course, we're having this conversation in the wake of the death of George Floyd and the, you know, explosion of heartache and outrage and education and disbelief. Uh, I could just keep on going with words. Mm -hmm. The question of how to hold the pain of the world as a human being, as an artist, as, as a citizen, and make meaning out of it, find meaning in it, do something about it. I think Mm -hmm. these are all like, we're so alive to all that right now. I think you're absolutely right. And, um, I think that we have not listened. I think that we have not. And I know as as a, as a white person, I might have thought I listened, but I have not heard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty. How do we have a conversation 
and at the same time be turning our assumptions and ideas about ourselves kind of inside out to understand and listen much more deeply because that's what's called for. Well, I think I think that your word is the key. Listening. Stop talking and mm-hmm. listen. Mm-hmm. And allow the the voices of experience. Allow the real voices of this movement to come forward. So I want to end by asking you what's bringing you a sense of hope right now during these times? I mentioned that I'm working on a second book right now, um, another memoir based um, on my experience raising my son, John Henry, who is now 10. John Henry has level three autism and he is nonverbal. He attends a school in New York City um, where I lived until recently uh, with him. He um, has been living with his father, who lives in New York City, this school year. And our agreement was that he would come to me in the summer and we would do his home program, just like we did last summer. I was not prepared for him to come early. So um, middle of March, his father and uh, he left New York and they came to Tennessee, where his father also has a, a home. And um, so all of a sudden I had, I had John Henry way earlier than I thought. I thought I was going to have all this time to work on this book and I would have it mostly wrapped up by the time he arrived, which was supposed to be um, the middle of May. Well, you know, pandemically speaking, that got wrecked. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I had to sort of shuffle and get used to the idea. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to have to restructure my days because not only Was he with me? We were doing homeschool sessions over Zoom with his teachers in New York. So we were doing sessions all day long throughout the day. And, you know, when you're doing that, you kind of can't do anything else. So even my five o'clock wake up time wasn't getting the job done. And finally, I just surrendered as you do, as you have to. And I just went with it and said, okay, well, this is not going to go according to my plan. Mm. I'm going to be right here and I'm going to be as present with my child and get him through this as well as I can. I'm not going to worry about getting me through this. I'm going to worry about getting him through this. I'm going to worry about getting my husband through this. I'm going to worry about getting my family through this because that's what I'm here to do. What gives me hope and joy is being able to connect with my son in a way, especially during that time when I was doing the teaching. Mm. And, you know, the good news is when he was diagnosed with autism right before he was two years old, I was trained in in, um, how to do his therapies because you have to embed therapeutic techniques in your daily life with everything you do in order to facilitate communication constantly. Mm -hmm. So that's how we live. That's what we do. For instance, if... uh, John Henry goes to the freezer and he wants popsicle. He pulls out the freezer drawer and he gets a popsicle and he'll bring it to me. Well, what I do, that this is an example of what I do now, I hand the popsicle back to him and ask him to tell me what he wants to do with it. So <laughs> he makes the sign for eat. 
gives it back to me. And then I give it back to him and I say, okay, we're going to practice opening the package. And there are all these so many little things are embedded mm. in just this sort of one minute long thing. So we practice opening the package. He makes the sign for help. And then we have worked our way up to him opening the package, getting the popsicle out of the package, and then taking his wrapper to the trash and throwing it away. That took weeks. Mm -hmm. And we celebrate Mm. every progression. And I think about a month ago, I'm not even sure he knew where the trash can was. And now... He takes his wrapper to the trash can. So for us in this house, that's a big moment. Mm. Those things bring me so much joy because I see my child growing and progressing. And he is safe and he is here. And I see his beautiful blue eyes. And I don't think he's ever been happier because his people are in one spot. And that is a big wake up call for me. That brings me joy to know that he feels safe and secure. So I'm just trying to concentrate on that. We got a new dog (laughs) who um, we thought was a black lab, mostly. Uh, You know, we rescued her from from one of the rescue places, and um, we thought she was a black, black lab. Well, she grew very rapidly and I kept looking at her feet and I thought, gosh, you know, this, I'm not sure this dog is a, is a Labrador retriever. So my husband got the DNA test and sent it away. And sure enough, she's 50% Great Dane Hmm. and only 17% Black. (laughs) So uh, that's kind of funny. Wow. Um, (laughs) That's going to be quite, quite a presence in your, in your home. It, you know, and our other dog is a Chihuahua, Jack Russell mix. So they're a pair. <laughs> and and otherwise, just, you know, taking pride in my home and taking care of it and cooking a good meal and making a, a pretty piece of writing or being able to do a show and make other people feel less alone, and uplifted. Those are the things that are keeping me grounded. And I am truly kind of a wreck. And as I said, I can't even really figure out why specifically, other than to say, I just feel on a level that is normally not so intense Mm -hmm. because of the motion, I think. Yes. Because there's not the motion, there's more of the feeling. Maybe. Well, that is a beautiful place to end this really beautiful conversation. I am so grateful that you're in the world and um, that you took the time to share this with me and with all of us today. Thank you. I am so grateful that you are in the world. And... Your work is beautiful and it is important. And I guess what we have to remember is, even though it's hard to see it as that right now, it is. It is. Every voice. Yes. Counts. So thank you so much. Thanks. Take care.
Thanks for listening to The Way We Live Now. Tell us the way you're living now. We want to hear. Call us on, you might want to get a pen for this, 909-713-8995. That's 909-713-8995. And record your story, and we might just use it on the pod. Also, you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash the way we live now pod. We are creating a community here and we would love for you to join us. You can find me on Instagram at Danny Ryder. The Way We Live Now is a production of iHeartRadio. It's produced by Lowell Berlanti. Beth Ann Macaluso is executive producer. Special thanks to Tristan McNeil and Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.